One, two, three, go. <laughs> okay, welcome, uh, welcome to Diplomacy Games. For I actually haven't checked. Is this the fifteenth episode? I have no idea what episode it is. I don't but, know. Um, I'm, 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 I'm Kana, and I'm Ambi. And uh, welcome to whatever episode this is. Cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking, Ambi? I'm drinking the cake Shiraz. Okay. I can't um, remember if actually it's from Barossa or McLaren, but I'll have to check cake later. Shiraz. No cake. Cake Shiraz. Cake. Like a cake. Yeah. I'm drinking drought relief. Drought relief? Yeah. Um, and I'll have to double check with the Does that mean a donation goes to the farmers every time you buy a pint? Well, I hope so. Cheers. Mm. That's nice. Very okay. good. So, what have we got today for us, Andy? Well, we managed to write up some list of things that we're going to talk about, which is good. Um, We've got a lot of things to talk about with our Around the Grounds. Now, so for those of you who either are brand new to the, the podcast or are actually tuning in live via Periscope, because we're yep. now trying to see how that works, um, this is a podcast slash now live video feed about the game diplomacy. So the advantage of it, though, is it's not very serious because we end up kind of drinking a fair amount. And it gets as, more and more absurd as the night goes on. It gets, gets very on. absurd yes. as the night goes on. So if, you, if you're with us now, that's great. I hope you can kind of hang around because it'll get um, more bizarre as time goes by. Um, so around the grounds. Around the grounds, yeah. Yep. So at the moment, I don't know about you, I'm in way, 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 way too many games. I know I say that all the time, but my difficulty at the moment is that I'm in... I probably have to count. I think it's about nine games, which is way too much for me at the best of times. Yep. But I'm going now across four different diplomacy platforms. Four sites. Four sites. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How do you remember which ones to log in? I know I forget when I start logging into more than two or three. Well, I kind of have to. I've now kind of set up Google Chrome so that they all open up on the tab. Although I keep forgetting about going to the Cisco Spark one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> which is. A totally different story all again. So what, what games are you playing over on the other sites? Uh, well, Cisco's Park at the moment, I haven't actually worked out how to play a game yet. Okay. <laughs> it just sounds cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'll, I think we'll talk about that in a, in a future episode. Um, in the lab over at Diplo Mail, yes. I've got one game on. No, I've, which... got, I've got three on at the moment over there. I think I've got four games on. No, one of them just wrapped up. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll, talk... well, how about that? Which one was that one? Uh, the Austrian Succession. Oh, actually, no, I just realised we're going to talk about that later, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are going to talk about that later. Sure. Um, but you're in the uh, championship one, aren't you? The one that's going... Oh, yes, the online diplomacy championship over at Playdip. Yep, how's that going? Uh, not as good as I would like. <laughs> Representing Australia, in other words, though. Eh? I'm doing about as well as the, um, the, the Team Eurovision did for the WebDip Cup. Which was poorly. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that in itself, I think I, I really want to look forward to, to talking about that game after the game concludes because I've had both a lot of observations about the game. Yes. But about the players that are normally on the PlayDip platform, uh, and also around how the PlayDip platform in itself works, uh, which I found some things are definitely better than say WebDip and VDip. Yep. Um, and Diploma. Uh, but other things are way worse. <laughs> so it's a bit of a balance of what's good and what's bad. Okay. But you know, how are you finding the ability to um, 
communicate to multiple different people at the same time with a group. That thing is awesome. Yep. I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm making good use of that. Yes. And in fact, I've been able to use that to kind of create separate side conversations. So like, for example, we might have, I don't know, three people talking about plans. Yes. And then I might go, well, I'm actually going to have a separate conversation with just two of those three because maybe I want to do some planning with them because I don't want to kind of let the other one know because it involves a future plan, you know what I mean? So it's more realistic to say maybe a face-to-face kind of meet where you can... Where you can pull people in. Pull people into it, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair assumption, yeah. Okay, cool. I wonder how hard that would be to code into PHP. I don't know, we'd need somebody to actually do that. That might be a problem. Well, it's beyond my ability, but... Do you actually know any PHP? Oh, a little bit. Not I kind much, of, but a little bit. Enough to kind of get by with creating a variant and bodging up variant rules. <laughs> well, well, enough to realise, okay, each time I make a variant to be able to look back on the past variants and go, oh yeah, that's how I did that before, yep. that's how I can do it again. Yep. Um, but as to being fluent in it, not really in years. Yep. Yeah. So guys like um, Flame, who set up the, the Diplo lab over in this Russian yep. um, server, um, would obviously know a thousand times much more than I would ever know. Unless I say oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you've actually got like hardcore PHP skills because you know you're a propeller head and you do this as part of your job and you went to uni for it, well, that makes a lot more sense why you can do more than yourself or myself. Well, if you, yeah, well, if you if you can do that, why aren't you playing diplomacy? Come, come by and give us a hand. Yeah, right? very yeah. true, very true. So, um, yeah, doing that. Um, Web tip. I'm not actually in any games at the moment because. Of, Got eliminated oh, okay. from that other web dip thing. I am in a game on web dip at the moment. Oh yeah, how's that going? It's anonymous, but anonymous. it's um, it, it, it's going okay. It's a it's a very long phase game, um, so that suits me fine because I forget to log into web dip on. I, I forget to I forget to log in on web dip every for a day at a time, yep. two days at a time. So for me, that suits me fine. That it's a long wait time per phase. Cool. Now, I'm trying to work out, looking at this Periscope thing, actually, whether anyone's there or not. Because before, when I kind of tapped on something, it was like, had a number nine, and it had been slowly going up. Would that be the number of minutes that we've been on? No, I don't know. Oh, the other matter. thing down here says yeah, is zero. We're highly popular. We've got zero people, I think, listening to us at the moment. I'm just going to put that down there. Now we've got pretty... one. Here we are. Tommy Chiro. Hey, Tommy Chiro. Good to see you. G'day, hey, fellas. Mate, you can send messages. <laughs> How's it going? Okay, Komichiro, we're going really well. Um, if you've just tuned in, we have I have a Shiraz here, which is very, very nice. And I'm on the, um, what was it? Drought Relief. The Drought Relief. So, yeah, well, this is for you, Tomichiro. Thank you for tuning in. Actually, we should mention we're recording at um, the Embassy Hotel in Brisbane. Yeah, it's a pretty nice place, though. You know, it's very... Um, it's got that industrial thing. We can just do this, people can see. Oh, yeah. There you go. As you can kind of work out, there's not many people here because we got in early before um, everyone knocks off work. That's better. There we go. It's so, time to come in and do this recording. Let's chat in the background. Yeah, true. Although, let's vibe. Um, so, I'm, I'm involved in um, a couple of these X by X tournaments. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, so how are you going to use Sengoku? Um, well, I've been eliminated. So, so 
an XYX tournament, for those guys out there who don't know, is when you... Um, you didn't listen to the last episode. You didn't listen to the last episode, is where you, you take control of uh, one hey, country actually. and you move around um, those countries playing each country individually. So you never get the same country once, but the aim is to sort of crash course into a, a variant that you're not really that confident in yep. and play every single country um, once to get a perspective um, on what playing a country is, as a whole, whole, as a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. works. Um, so you're in a, a known world one, yep. so am I, and that's 15 by 15. So um, 15 or 15? 15, it's 15. Oh. <laughs> A few more to go. I, seriously, I, I'm kind of, in some ways, I'm really pissed off I, I signed up for that tournament because it's just going to consume so much of my time for so long, you know. But only two at a time. That's the only saving grace. And it's the usual thing. If the game's going well, it's no problem at all. But if the game's going poorly, it's an issue. Fair enough. Ready to start a new one. Actually, one game I recently finished up, but we'll talk about in a, in a future episode, yep. um, because we haven't actually covered off the variant before. Um, I lost, I kind of managed, I, I survived, the, survived the game, but at the same time, did really, really badly. But I still actually really enjoyed the map. So oh, we'll talk about that one. Possible. That was the first Crusade variant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Ratic, do you think our relationship with America is going to slide downhill? Okay, so this came from Tommy Chiro. Now, Tommy Chiro, you must understand when we're talking about diplomacy, this is actually about the game diplomacy, not um, foreign relations per se. Yeah. Um, Although there are plenty of there, side plenty conversations of going on um, on VDIP, WebDIP, on Diplomail, I understand, but yeah, more from the yeah, Russian point of view. From the Russian pop point of view. Um, yeah, no, it, but it, I, I don't know. Play, maybe this game attracts people who are more interested in the international. Um, foreign affairs kind of bent perhaps do you think it could be or otherwise people just saw the description saying oh diplomacy you know, di- you know, yeah drinking okay. talking diplomacy and they think oh well we're going to actually be talking about foreign relations and foreign affairs instead of a board sorry a online version of a board game which happens to also be called diplomacy that yeah. uses exactly the same skills although if you're really interested in um, you know sort of cut and thrust of right and left wing politics web diplomacy forums quite a, a lively space that does talk about a lot of this kind of stuff though. Web Diplomacy Forum is fantastic for that type of conversation. Yeah. If you can't, And you've talked about this before. If you want to kind of get some perspective around um, outside of the normal mainstream media, what kind of diplomacy are we talking about here? We're talking about the game diplomacy. So, uh, so if you haven't seen before, I'll kind of make it a little bit easier for our friends uh, who are on the online space. This is like, oh shit, hit the wrong button. Um, game diplomacy is basically like you're playing as a country where you're attacking others and you're kind of negotiating and working uh, with other players, other nations, to get ahead. And so, well, I, I explain to people who don't really know what this sort of hobby of mine is that it's it, it, it's about um, it, 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 it's really about uh, making it's negotiation, isn't it? No one country can really win by themselves. No. You can only win by making alliances with other players on the board. Correct. Yep. And well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You, well, can, you can try, but it's pretty yeah, bloody yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the beauty of the game is that no alliance that you make is actually binding. Yep. So that's where the cut and thrust and making. Um, yes, Tommy Chiro, we would. Yep. 
<laughs> anyway, but let's get back to the topic. Let's go back of, to um, the actual podcast. So just so those who are actually tuning in and understand, this is actually a recording of the podcast Diplomacy Games, um, but we just wanted to try live streaming it for the first time. Just to see how it goes. Just to see how it goes. Um, yep. I'll actually mention, just, just for anyone who's tuning in for the podcast, the difficulty about us... Uh, recording at this time of day is it suits us in Australia perfectly well because work's over. Yes. Hit the pub, yep. have a drink or two, and talk some some crap about diplomacy. Yep. But um, if you're pretty much anywhere else in the world, unless, for example, you're waking up in the UK or in Europe, where it's like seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning, you're getting close to night time over in America, wouldn't it? Well, it's midnight okay. in LA and about three a.m. I think in um, East Coast. So. Okay. I don't know. Oh, see, we've lost a lot of people because all of a sudden they go, oh, this is boring shit. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just going to say, so, like, if you were in um, America at the moment, you'd be quite very, very late. So I think in the next episode, when we get together to record, which should be probably around about school holidays. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good I time. I thought maybe do. we can kind of do a, do a, mid, do a midday recording, yep. which will actually be, like, around about 9 o'clock at, in the... Um, Probably about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, or no, actually, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the evening in the US or whatever, so it'll be probably better for them. Yeah. Now, yeah, getting back to my some Goo Goo games. Yes. Which, I, which was um, Sorry about that. Yep. there. Yeah, um, we, we do do occasional tangents. Um, well, I've been eliminated from two of them. One I'm about to be eliminated from, uh, one I've drawn, and one I'm still doing okay, and four have just started. So, yep. um, that's a recap for the. Um, podcast, so they're, yep. you know, they're going, oh, what, what happened there? You know, you guys were talking about how you were going in the Sambuku X Y X game. But so onto, onto the you were happy, the... happy with how you went though. Oh. How many more games have you yeah. got to go? Um, four, four more games. Yeah. Four more games. Okay. Four more games, and then I can probably really do a real breakdown on the powers. Yep, and, and have a delve into that. Um, but onto the onto the tournament side of things, that's. Um, it's actually bringing up a bit of discussion about the gentleman's agreement to ready up in between um, the, 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 the disbands and retreats and groups. You're 100% correct. It's, it's been coming up. It's not just in the, um, the known world game. It seems to be coming up in the Borst game. It seems to be coming up also in the Renestimiento game. Yes. That we're all involved in. Well, you aren't because you got knocked out. Very early. Very early. Yeah. But what can you expect from that? country but yeah but you're you're right there seems to be a lot of I don't know angst at the moment amongst other certain players and I'm not saying those players are wrong Um, I think actually they've got quite a fair point to be perfectly honest about you know some of these tournaments are actually aimed at making them move on at a reasonable pace yes and we all kind of recognise that during the diplomacy phase you've got nobody left now okay (laughs) With that boring, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what we'll do for, for our hardcore, you know, um, podcast listeners is we'll just ignore the, uh, the the live stream unless people actually ask us questions. Um, it's probably a good idea. This is like a, a new toy for us, right? It is. Now. It's a brand new toy. It's like, ooh, shiny, shiny. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> back to the topic, though. I mean, no, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So we can understand. Like, players sign up to this and. As part of their signing up, agreed gentlemanly to yeah. ready their orders yeah. um, in the retreats and builds. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what has been happening is that people have been just saving their orders and not hitting, 
the uh, ready button. Um, now, in the boss game, which I've been playing, I solved that by saying, okay, well, it's three days because boss takes a, a tremendous amount of negotiation. Yep. Um, however, during the retreats and builds, I'll shorten that phase down to 30 hours um, because waiting three days for this to happen is uh, just insane. Yep. And, um, and rightly so. Yeah, so I, that, that was a good way to um, speed that along. Um, I think the difficulty is, and look, and, and people and signed I, up to that because the, and, and agreed to ready it, and so I'm not sure why people are not really readying it when they've agreed to do that. Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, I, I'm one who, in some games, um, actually probably across all all of those games, with the exception of probably the known world games, because of various reasons because I'm not doing I've been eliminated in one and I'm not doing well in the other yeah. so it doesn't take me very long to put in orders um, but basically for things like the Renishmiento game and the and the boss game I have probably taken a little bit too long to put in orders and have milked the system but that's really because I, I have had a lot going on in normal real life and, and a number of players have, sorry a number of players, a player has made a very good point that we've all got Stuff going on in real life. Yes, you know, get over it. <laughs> I take no, I take no, that no, player's no, I point. Think, I don't think. Although I actually must no admit, um, no one's concerned about. Because um, you notice this. Oh, jeez! How did that happen? I cut the top of my thumb off on um, Saturday. <laughs> oh, ouch! I'm going to all sorts of lengths just to kind of you know delay your delay um, my, my diplomacy my diplomacy <laughs> orders and it's like going, no damn it I've got real reasons I'll be at the hospital <laughs> jeez is it, is it bad oh it's oh. not too bad now yeah it's kind of like when I say cut the top off it it's like you know a big hunk okay. they couldn't they couldn't stitch it together because it um, was too wide ouch yeah, yeah. okay so, so a legitimate real life legitimate real life thing yep. you know it didn't get down to the bone but it got down to the nerve and fuck yeah. I felt that when they were kind of Yes. around and giving him a little, you know, local anaesthetic and whatever like that. But yeah, okay. Ouch. It's made a little <laughs> bit hard when I'm typing, you know, um, correspondence on the game and have to press the space bar. So I'm having to use my right hand instead of my left hand. Okay. So hence delayed correspondence as well. Well, yes, but okay. I think actually, well, less, less yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, we, we agreed not to. Um, yes, not to be distracted. We're not distracted at all. Oh, and um, I actually, I actually had a, um, a a PM on the diplomacy dilemmas. Oh, did you? I did. I oh, did. you didn't tell me that you had. Oh, yeah, you I did say you had did. diplomacy dilemmas, but and, I haven't and, had anything. Um, and, and this particular player wanted it yeah, anonymously. Okay. Um, and and the, the question. It's not the usual thing. How do I deal with Amber again? Is it? No, it's not. How do I deal with Ambassador? <laughs> no. Um, it's, it's, it, he, he asks if there is any legitimate time in a game where you can legitimately NMR on a turn. Is there any time in a game when NMRing is, is appropriate? No moves received. Um, I'd actually say yes. Yeah, okay. What, what would be the circumstances? Okay, so that? look... This is not like a straight... So you've actually logged in. You've logged in, yep. You've kind of checked and you've, the... And you've deliberately NMR'd the position. You haven't gone to see... So this is this is not an accidental it. NMR, this is a deliberate a NMR. deliberate misturn. Okay. Um, I may have done this once, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Where dirty secrets come out? Yep. Yeah. And look, it was a while ago. It was yep. probably a good couple of years ago. Where an actual particular game, um, I boxed myself into that situation where I'd made commitments to two different players, both of which were mutually incompatible. Ah. Okay. Okay. Yep. And based on my vague recollection at the time, was based on my position. I felt comfortable enough that if I did accidentally, accidentally, in inverted commas, NMR, it was unlikely either of them would then turn on me and take advantage of the situation and gobble up MSC here or there. Okay. And then you got out of that. And the advantage of that was then it got me out of the bind of being obligated to both of them to do something. And in the meantime, let's say, okay, make it easy. We'll use classic map. Yep. Even though it wasn't the classic map. Um, So let's say we've got a situation between Germany, Russia and Austria. And let's pretend I'm Austria. And I'm trying to woo and make an agreement with Germany to attack Russia. And I'm also wooing and trying to get Russia to attack Germany. And I'm kind of obliged in kind of saying I'm going to support both of them. Yes. Without either of them knowing that. Okay. Now, if I play my cards right... Germany and Russia, who may not actually be at war already, attack each other, and I'm not involved, and I can just kind of say to both players, oh, look, sorry, I fucked up. I missed a turn. I missed a turn. These things happen, yep. which is a bit of a slight white lie, but, you know, white so, lies So you're saying it's a legitimate tactic on certain... On, on, on a, on a, in a unique scenario... I don't know if it's a unique scenario. It doesn't happen too often. Okay. Um, but it does happen. I have used it once before. I probably would use it again at some stage in the future. I have but to say, I, I've used it once. Yes, yes. Um, Same circumstances or different? No, different circumstances. It was, a, it was no moves entered deliberately during a build phase. Build phase? Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. similar. And the reason I deliberately missed that turn was because I wanted an extra build the year after. Right? But you didn't want to put in... I didn't in... want to highlight... I didn't want... Because I, I felt that my neighbour who I was allied with... Yeah, if you um, held back a build deliberately, I, that they would back, think they would you would think I was trying to save units yep. to build next to him. Yep. Yep. Um, whereas if I missed the turn, I could legitimately hold back that build and then build two adjacent to that player um, in, 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 a, in a later season. That makes sense. Yeah. And so for me, I think that would be the only legitimate moment. But then, like, like you're saying, if, you, if, you've, if you've got incompatible alliance structure going on on the board... And um, look, I've actually... I mean, I've been boxed into that situation plenty of times where, in fact, I haven't resorted to NMR. Actually, maybe in retrospect, maybe I didn't deliberately NMR. Maybe it just worked out that way. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that was good. And now that you mentioned it, I think hey, that might be a good tactic to use in the future. But seeing we've just talked about it, mm. um, if I use it or you use it, or maybe other players who now listen to this and they go, mm, that's a good idea. There's a thought. Um, yeah, look. Because I've actually oh. found out that, that since we've had some of these conversations and that other players listen in, I've had a number of times them contact me as part of just like, you know, normal private messaging within yes, the game yes, yes. where they're going, well, 
I know what you think about that. <laughs> You're letting the get out of the pan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Perfect example on a recent conversation around Borfs. Oh, yes, yes. Well, um, should we go into Borfs? Well, we're both actually empty for um, drinks. Yeah, all right. Um, so let me... So do you want me to get your one or what? I'll do this around. Yeah, okay. Um, what do you have in your kit? It's called the cake. The cake. Oh, I think it's just cake. Cake Shiraz. Cake Shiraz. Can you find... Oh, actually, no, you find it. I'll, I'll work it out. That's okay. You, you do that. Yep. And I'll work things out. And I'll just pause this for a moment. Yep. And we're back. And, and cheers. cheers. So it's a really nice wine, is it? Yeah, how's yours? Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's still the on the step, yeah, it's drought the, relief. The drought relief from the Newstead Brewery. Newstead Brewery. Yeah, not sure where that's from. Uh, they're no longer at Newstead. They're moved. Oh, boom. <laughs> anyway, they kept their old name, and um, they're, they're still producing awesome beer. They do. Yep. They do indeed. So we were just so you said you had your diplomacy dilemma. Yep. Cover that yep. off yep. now. And you, you brought up boss. And yep. So, so we're still yep. recording. It's all good. Um, so what I bring up in boss for? Oh, we're just talking about the, the whole issue of it. Oh, so there's a couple of things yeah, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So one player has got in touch with me around my current gameplay. Okay. Okay. And I think he makes some really good points. Okay. And his points are around the whole um, uh, victory... The victory points farms? Victory farms. Yeah, victory, victory, victory farms, point yeah. farming. Yeah. Okay. And um, I said to him, look... I think we'll have a conversation around it today. Yeah. And I can understand, I can definitely understand the victory point farming because I think I'm an active participant in that at the moment. But maybe, I I, I think his argument is that certain players have heavily invested, let's say, in an underperforming country. Okay. Might only have one or two SCs. And there's a few of those on the board, so we're not giving away names. Although one was just knocked off the board. Okay. Yeah. They could have turned that into a victory point farm. So Denmark's just been removed. True. You know, they Very could true. Have been, and the, the currency was quite depressed. They could have used that. Yep. Yep. So their point was: look, let's say a player who is performing very, very well in the game, and effectively yep. become a liege lord over a surf so you're type of player. Russia at this point in time on the game. Well, there's others. Those in there. Well, I suppose uh, well, Wagadu's got, you know, um, some vassal state there. What's, he, what's he vassal he's, state? He's, he's, he's got, got France. France. Yes, yes, so, yeah. yes, so. Um, could be him too. Okay. <laughs> uh, is, any, is, is anyone else kind of hiding I, anybody? I'd say Oxum could be hiding Byzantium slash India there, potentially. Oh, I don't think he's hiding Byzantium. Byzantium seems to have his shit together. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Right. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> okay. Yes, but no. Sorry. Let's um. Let's not. Let's not. You know. Let's cut our teeth on this. You know, you're talking about Russia. Russia's doing well in the game. He's got a couple of vassal states. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. But you know, I, th- I think I think this player's point is: look, let's say, for example. Um, Russia decides to encourage. Actually, I'm trying to work out if we, we're crossing a line here. You yeah, probably are a little bit. Um, yeah, so let's just kind of wind this one up and edit it out. <laughs> no, no, okay, all right. No, so we're, we're sort of backpedaling a little bit on this one, however. But 
from my point of view as an observer on the map mm. yeah because this, this is what I am doing and, and I'm only commenting as an observer okay so you're, okay. you're, you're independent um, you're neutral I, as, you're a, as a neutral Swiss observer you're a peacekeeper peacekeeper you're in peacekeepers I'm in a peacekeeper mode what a, what I think has really had a huge effect on the type of discussion that I've managed to glean from Global on the boss game is this issue of victory point farming. Yep. Now, prior to Captain Meme's post on the forum about victory farming, essentially, yep. um, I don't think it was really that much of a consideration amongst the players. So in, in some ways, um, he's, he's, he's kind of opened up an, a line of strategic thought that he has yep. and made it available to everyone in a kind of ego. Here's all this information. So he kind of wiki-leaked himself. Yeah, as, 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 a, as a way he might have, yeah. Um, and that's probably all I really want to say on the on the matter. Um, Hello, I'm mate. Still... <laughs> Sorry, someone asked something in Periscope. They said, "Can you say hello, mate?" So there we go. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, moving on from Boss, because you're obviously still a very active participant um, in the game. Yeah, and yeah. Look, there's this particular player. I think actually yeah. raised some good points. Yes. Um, and without kind of going into the detail behind all of that. It's hard to know. I think one thing I'm really actually really looking forward to, and I don't know when it's going to happen, it's probably going to be years down the track, is when we actually finish this boss game and I'm, having yeah. a, like a large-scale interview with a number of the key players that were involved in some of the big players at the moment. I reckon yeah, that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Even just whoever survived. Yeah, no, open it up to whoever would like to, but it would be fascinating to hear from the yeah. players that... Um, do well on the boards and do well on the board. And I definitely want end of game statements, you know. That's a given. Absolutely. Definitely want that. So okay. we've been going for about half an hour and we still haven't kind of hit the really the main topic. Well first topic. Oh, what the doctor recommended. Now, oh, yeah, we did actually get I got a um, a PM. Um, for those of you who haven't kind of listened before, what the doctor recommended was a re- a recommendation from Doctor Recommended. Yes. To for us because we always mispronounce everybody's names to actually go through the hall of fame within V diplomacy and progressively read out all the players' names yep. who are in the top hundred. Yes, and one player kind of got in touch with us saying, "Hey, I've now made it into the top hundred. Okay, can you kind of update the um, what the doctor recommended?" And? and since that time, that player has now dropped back out of the top 100. So there's no point doing that. <laughs> no. no. Who was that anyway? That, was, that um, player was Mechanic. Mechanic. So there you go, okay. Mechanic. We would say your name is Mechanic. Mechanic. Um, um, so, look, but probably think, give it a half a year and then maybe we'll go back into it and do another run through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, we've got the Web Diplomacy Hall of Fame we can do. Oh, yeah, we can give that a go. Give that a go. Okay. So how long are we going to go for that for? Is it the obligatory, like... Couple of minutes. Uh, let's see where, how many we where, go. where we take it in turns, and then if we disagree with each other, could you bring it up closer? Uh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Okay, so for you guys, there, there we you are. Go. Oh, one of you. 
Okay, so this is the top 100 in web diplomacy, and you're going to kick it off? I'll kick it off in three, two, one. Split Diplomat. Uh, Barnett. The Czech. Mad Marks. Babak. Babak? Yeah, I'd say Babak. Uh, Jose Merck. Rokakoma. Uh, BSM. Besson? Uh, Peter Wigan. Uh, Dagabs. Marek P. Although he has got a zero in the end, but I'd just say Dagabs. Marek P. Yep. Uh, Nicola Marek Eto. Chiluk. I'd say Chiluk. Or Chiluk. Or it actually could be. Oh, Chiluk. Nah, Chiluk. Mm. Okay. Is this my turn now? Yes. El Maestro. I'd have gone El Maestro. No, El Maestro means the teacher in Spanish. Yellenuk. Yeah, no, Yale. 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 How about Yalunk? Yalunk. Yalunk. Okay, yeah, Yalunk. Yep. Party Sane. Rate. Oh, God. Zorxies? Yeah, that's how it's said. Zorxies. Costas, 71. Is that any relation to the original Costas? No, it's Kestas. That's Kestas. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah, Good point. Yeah. Uh, Silver Wolf. And that is two minutes. And we got to 20. The top 20. Wow. All right. We'll continue that next time, mate. Good thinking. Cool. So, that's uh, what the doctor recommended. And um, sorry about that mechanic. You um, missed that again. But now you've had your name about three or four times, so you should have you happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, well, you're, and you're I, playing I, I'm, 50 I'm, million I'm, games with us at the I, moment. I'm so. inching closer to the Hall of Fame myself. Yes, you are. Yes. Who, who raised the point about how it would be good to kind of code it so that you can kind of get a bigger Hall of Fame? It wasn't you can't handle the truth. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Know. But, yeah. I should have I only read it about an hour anyway. or two ago. So, um, now, I've got, a, um, I've got a, a topic for you, and we talked about this via um, PMs. And you came up with an awesome segment name, which was like some acronym, but none of us can remember what it was now. What to do when the boss finds out. That's basically, oh, it, it's yeah, kind of like what happens uh, when, when yes. your, um, your employer bans diplomacy as being an acceptable website for you to visit on the internet when you're at work. Well, this happened to you, right? You, and it's just recently happened to well, you. Well, it happened to me because um, it happens to be a Russian website that I want to access, which is the lab. Which they assume is either full is, of Putin propaganda or porn. Yeah, or, you know, malicious stuff because, you know, ooh, the Russians. Yeah, you've got to um, wash them out. got to wash them, watch out, because... Um, so I can't access this website. So what do I do to access this website? Because I need to access... It's part, of, it's part of your it's, yeah. it's part of your work, you know what I mean? Well, exactly, yes. As part yeah. of your work, you need to kind of maintain and yep. enhance your skills so that you can deal with um, key stakeholders of, and clients. And clients, yes. And um, um, you want to kind of, you know... Yeah, keep, keep my skills involved yeah. in that. You know, Have you actually kind of articulated that, that argument? Because I haven't tried that argument because I think everyone would just say that it's bullshit. Well, actually, there are um, school groups which get together and um, do play diplomacy as, as, as a classroom exercise. Yes. Yep. Um, so you're, there's legitimate You're kind of giving an idea about your profession? Yeah, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, there's, but there are legitimate educational reasons for 
you know, having access to most of these websites. Um, I can actually, I can agree with that. I, can, I mean, I think actually there's a lot of merit in that. And if I was, um, I mean, I, I, I think, I can't remember when we, now, because it's been so long ago and we've drank so many bloody drinks. Um, since we actually had our first conversation around, or at least on the podcast, around what got us and how we started playing diplomacy. Yeah. I mean, my first experience was that at university. Yes. But, you know, in retrospect, if I kind of had that experience at school, that would have been awesome. Yeah. And I can actually see it being useful more in humanities-related subjects uh, that might involve uh, persuasive arguments, um, you know, negotiation skills. Yes. So probably more like in like English or maybe in legal studies or debating business club, or some type of business um, course, geography, or debating. Yeah. I was, I tell you, I'm probably entire, I, was, I was the captain of the debating team at school. Oh, congratulations! Yep. Well, I was. Okay. I think we won. In that year, one out of six games. Okay. Um, well, I think kind I... of like my track record on yeah. diplomacy at the moment. <laughs> anyway, but since then I've found that I can still access the site with my iPad because it's using a different protocol for some reason. I don't know why. Well, and is it because... I can access it with my telephone. Is it? Yeah, actually. Oh, okay. So when you're on your iPad, is that is that a work iPad or not? It's a work iPad. Okay, and of course there's some type of acceptable use of the internet that allows limited personal use. Oh, you, you would assume so. Um, so you kind of sign off on this as part of your code so, of conduct. Um, yeah, of course. You've read this and you log in um, every day and say, yes, I agree to that. Yeah, but there's I'm no, look at too much there's no sort of, today. yes, I agree certain behaviours to browse when I access the internet with my handheld device. But when I do with my laptop, so, is that there? When you access um, by your handheld device, is that using the employer's network or is that using just your normal standard 3G type both of... Both sides, both sides. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not really too sure the reasoning of yeah. why that works. Um, I'm thinking it's because it's, they probably it's, don't it's have a Windows better. structure. Yep. Um, and at work. At work. Yep. There's a Windows structure and, you know, an iPad operates under a slightly different I don't know thing I guess well I mean my, my guess would be that within the network environment when you're on a, a Windows machine or whatever like that the employer and this is the same situation for me yep. has a bit of a blacklist of sites that they don't want you to go through and as a result when you go out by the internet you're going through a number of different proxy servers okay so it's not like you know you hop onto your computer and it's got a straight connection to the internet. You'll often go through about three or four or five different proxy settings where they bounce you around within the network before you go back out, go out. And part of that is actually filtering and blocking out things that they perceive to be bad. Now, from an employer's point of view, I think there's some merit in that. Obviously, making sure yeah, that you know. staff members don't you know go to sites that download malicious software, which can then uh, impact on the network. Of course, yes. Um, they obviously have some concerns around, you know, if you're doing, if you use your um, internet access to, um, for personal use, that's just a little bit too personal because, you know, you are at work and it, you're not meant to be doing that on, on the boss's time. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, it could also create all sorts of issues if someone happens to be walking past and yes. blah, blah, blah. Yes. So, um, but you had you 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 were able you, you had the same thing. You, your boss blocked V diplomacy. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. V-diplomacy is blocked. Web yep. diplomacy is blocked. Um, Diplomail is blocked. Well, Diplomail is the only one blocked for me so far. Oh, really? So yeah. you can get to V-dip and you I can get, get to, to Web dip and Web dip, yeah. Because, like I said, there's pedagogical... Um, Bullshit you can Bullshit make up. There. So people have used that to, as a reason before. So the only one that... Um, I've been able to get out at the moment too in the real life world is the Cisco Spark one. Okay, but I suppose that's because there's a whole heap of other business related stuff going on over at Cisco. Well, that's a conversation I think for another day. Um, just so those of you who, who kind of are, are listening um, on the podcast and you're going, what the hell are you guys talking about? At the end of um, Care Bear's interview, when we'd already turned off the, the recording device, so to speak, um, he was talking about a few different things, yep. and one of which was around the this thing called Cisco Spark, and um, it had been kind of looked after and, and um, uh, gestated, encouraged by Chris Martin, who is of course uh, one of the North American face-to-face champions. Yes, yes. Uh, who um, has been interviewed previously in Diplomacy Cast. Yep, and. Um, does reasonably well also when they had the World Diplomacy Championships, you know, like the face-to-face thing. Yep. So he works at Cisco and he's kind of creating this environment using the PHP code for some type of... So basically it's a collaboration platform, but he's using it to... Uh, I think actually more for face-to-face gamers to okay. come to an online environment where they can play games against the players that they're used to playing in face-to-face, but within an online environment. Oh, right, okay. So uh, when Care Bear noticed that I'd popped up all of a sudden, he went, uh, you're not in the face-to-face crowd. How the hell did you get in here? Oh, yeah. And now yeah, okay, the advantage right. is yep, that yep, Chris yep, actually yep, yep, kind yep. of listens to the podcast. Um, I don't know if he listens all the time or, or from you know, occasionally. Yes. So. Um, hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, g'day. But, yeah, well, so we'll get into that on another podcast, though, when you're a bit more familiar with... Well, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Chris has actually kind of said, look, hey, have a bit of a look around, get used to it. Because basically it's, it's not too dissimilar to um, uh, all the other places that we go to where there's like all these forum conversations yeah. and separate conversations like private messaging conversations. But there seems to also be an online environment that um, is there at the moment, but I haven't actually gone into because I've got too much shit <laughs> Anyway, so for the body of the, uh, the body of the, the, the actual episode that we were recording, yes, um, we, we really wanted to delve into um, the lab. Yes, the new lab that's been set. Because we talked about this briefly last episode, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it only just it actually only hadn't come on board or was just about to. And because we recorded the episode, because it's actually about three weeks since we last released an episode, and that episode was recorded two weeks before that. That was about five, six weeks ago. Okay. And since right. then, the lab is up and running. It is up and, and humming running. And that's, that's with awesome. yeah. new variants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a total of four variants now which yep. have come out. Um, we've got uh, the Napoleonic variant, which you and I are both in this one. Yep. Uh, play testing it. Um, we've got the Austrian Succession. We've got a Mongolian Empire um, variant. Is that the one that you originally... Did you develop it or you just yeah, brought the, I, the I code? I originally in? started developing it. Um, that's my own design, but then other people have um, sort of contributed to the coding and you know the tweaking of it. Yep. It still needs a lot of work. 
and um, the Lepanto 6X uh, bearing, which Guros um, pretty much designed. Um, and that one's finished. Is it? Uh, the Austrian Succession game. Oh, the Austrian Succession. I got um, mixed up. The the Panto games glitched, so it's not going anywhere. At the oh, moment. what's wrong with it? Um, it? The orders aren't loading. Um, I'm not sure why. Technical problems. It's a technical issues. So yeah. Flame is the um, the admin yep. over there. So has he is he onto that? Um, yeah, I assume he is. He's on the game. Um, He's in the game itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got a, we've got an interview with Flame to follow this bit. Yes, um, we do, kind of. So Lepanto is, is basically taking the concept of the Lepanto two-player variant yep. and saying, okay, well, what happens if you just expand it to six players and sort of scatter them around the board with similar areas that they can and can't go into? And it's turned into a bit of a nightmare, and I hope Guros gets back and, you know, if he's listening, come on, mate. You know, I do miss you. Where's I know you gone? rage quit. Did he rage quit? He rage quit. From um, what? V-diplomacy entirely. Um, Where's he hanging out now? I don't know where he's hanging out, but maybe he does. So he, did he develop this original board and yeah, the yeah, rules? The whole thing. So right? where did and it I come from? So where did where did Flame get it from? Um, this one's from the old Vegan Labs. Yep. Oh, so Flame presumably has gone through. He must have obviously. Been yeah, yeah, and he's talking with Ollie. Um, Is he talking to Ollie? Well, yeah, he's getting assistance from, like, for instance, the Mongolian Empire files. Yeah. Um, Ollie gave to him, so there's obviously some communication going on, yeah, okay. which is really cool. Because that's interesting, because we've got some questions later on with Flame around that. So okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the Lepanto game has crashed. It's crashed. And Flame I'm might not, be on it, and what's, what's on it. you're in you're in that game. I, I have no real interest in developing it. Um, Guros is the one who's designed it. Yeah. He, pretty much did everything about all I, I said was I will help him um, port his idea into PHP yep um, and since he's lost interest I'm not really going to push this variant too much so we can sort of put that to the side so prior to it crashing I mean what we want to try to do today yep. is just talk briefly around these four variants oh, yeah. we're not going to go into great depth uh, because, like the way we do with most of our episodes where we kind of touch on one or two variants because four is a lot and this is like so this is like a as you said it's a six player version of the Lepanto game which is normally a two player game it's based on a hexagonal board which has got little hexagonal things in the middle of it as well like player things yep Actually, it reminds me a lot, looking at that, of the that um, Sopwith game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very um, similar. It's kind of expanded um, map of the Sopwith. Um, so you've got Admiral ships, which uh, can't move. You've got planets, which are your supply centres, which can only be entered by with one type of unit. Right. Um, you've got little um, solar orbital space centres, which can be entered by both units. And you've got the Galaxy Centre, which boots... Okay, okay. So, yep. let's go back a second. So, I understand the planets are SCs, right? Yes. What are the, the interstellar, whatever you said? Um, so, you've got... Um, space station space things? Space stations. What are they, what, how are they behave? What are they like um, in, in normal game? Well, in a normal game, there would be like a coastal supply centre, which can be entered by a fleet and an army. Yep, okay, so you've where, got two different types of units. Yep. Um, and so, your army unit can only enter the 
planets. Yeah, because they can only make okay. landfall. So it's this game set in space, essentially. Okay, yeah, so yeah, well, that's the one thing we hadn't kind of clarified because normal one on one versus one Lepanto is the recreation, figuratively speaking, yeah. of the Battle of Lepanto, the Battle of Lepanto which yeah, was, yeah. you know, the. I can't remember the Ottoman was the Ottomans versus or was it Suleiman versus the um, Holy Roman Empire and all the other it was the Christian Venetians, nations. The Venetians. Well, I think it was more a, a, an allied thing with involving a number of Christian players at the time. Anyway, so the original idea was uh, like Guros came to me and said, oh, "I want to make you know a sea battle based around the Lepanto, yep. but with six players," and he wanted. Whirlpool um, spaces that can transport ships from one space to another, and he wanted, um, you know, like like su- dotted supply islands around the place. So, add, yeah. So, planets are supply centers. Yes. Um, these um, orbital space these center on things the, these, these, uh, is is like a coastal space. thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're supply and centers. And presumably, well. then the the deep dark reaches of space, which are normal blank territories, can only be used by. Naval yeah, both, vessels, both, which are both ships. Both vessels can go into them, so they. People can go into them. Yeah, the or armies, only when they're the convoyed. Armies, no, no, both can. Yeah, yeah, Why so. is that? So, what type of what well, actual all, type of space is essentially, that? Essentially, it's all essentially considered coastal, except the um, planets, which are considered okay, just so basically land. Right. Yeah. You know, that's how the code has been. And what are these? These? Oh, what did you say before? The warp things. Okay, so these are um, purple. Um, what's, what's transition points? So, for instance, um, oh. J11 can move to J18, and there's ones across the board, you know, there's, it, it's, it's actually just a visual nightmare, to be perfectly honest with you. Right. Yeah. And these admiral so, ships... And this can, is the advantage of, of playtesting a game, is to iron out yeah. any technical bugs, which obviously there's a technical bug, bug if people can't put in orders, Yes. and also just to work out the overall gameplay and, you know, the, the player experience. Yep. yep. So from that perspective... Your, your rating about yay or nay on Lepanto times six? Oh, look, I'm not, I'm a nay, actually. You know, it'd be cool if someone just picked that up. It'd be even better if Guros, you know, was to come back and, you know, finish up the variant, but I'm not going to really push this one. Yeah. Okay. I, I, tend, I like the concept, yeah. and I actually like the idea of having this space based, and that, not necessarily this, this particular map. I reckon it'd be great to have a space-based type of, of um, variant. I think it's a long time due. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Anyway, so the other game, um, which you haven't... Um, so let's talk about another one that just you were involved in. So we're just loading Do you want to talk around the one that you recently the, finished, the Austrian Succession, or are we going to talk about succession. Mongolian Empire? No, no, Mongolian, we'll talk about that another time. Um, but the Austrian Succession... Um, well, it's set in uh, the 1500s. Yep. Um, and it essentially pits uh, Spain, England, uh, Piedmont, Sardinia, the Ottoman Empire, France, Russia, Austria, Bavaria, and Prussia um, against each other on a, on a board of Europe. Yep. Um, and I particularly like this one um, because it, I, 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 I was playing um, Bavaria, no, not Bavaria. Um, Prussia and, and this is just I, finished it, it, so it, you're Prussia we, we drew it because there was a couple of issues that is came orange up Prussia? Prussia. orange is Prussia yep um, but I felt like I was straight away thrown into the diplomatic arena 
even though there's it's, it's a, even in a test game, you know, there's not a lot of serious negotiations that go on. Um, I felt like I was close to my neighbours yep. in that sense, but there was still room to expand initially. I mean, there wasn't. Um, so, I, I, I know, just looking at this particular map, there's a few things that jump out at me. One is I actually quite like the visual nature of the way the. Um, how'd you do that? I just went back to the first season. Oh, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> See the arrow buttons underneath. You can use those. Oh, how clever is that? So I, I quite like the visual nature of this particular map. Just showed over to these guys, which is probably backwards when they're viewing it. Oh, would it be backwards? Well, I don't know. When we see it, it looks backwards when we do it that way. Okay. Um, obviously, it's very historically accurate, looking at the way Prussia was at the time, um, and the way that Austria is set up, the way Spain set up, France, England, the Ottomans. Um, that's, that's right. England has Hanover. How cool is that? Hanover is not even a supply centre, so it's just like oh, a, it's just like a vacant territory. Pathetic. That's, um, that's put onto the map. Okay, okay. Yeah. And the dark blue. Who's the dark blue? Is that... Bavaria. Bavaria. There we go. So... And, and Sardinia plays like a, a pretty pivotal... Sardinia Piedmont. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Italy would play in a normal standard map. Um, but it, it's very beautifully done. There's a lot of... Um, it's a nice map. Reach oh, in Russia, centers. of course. Um, and it, it's actually, I, I really enjoyed playing this one. I, Can I just ask a couple more questions? So, yep. was it clear at all what the situation is with this dark black line? What's is there any? What's that about? So those would be considered um, territorial kingdoms, I would think. I would imagine that, you know, um, yeah. There's no there's no strategic difference. It's just a, 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 an aesthetic. Why didn't they just have a normal map? line then? Well, don't you think that looks nicer? I like it. Well, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not. I like the map, but I'm just not sure what the the basis of the dark black line is. Like, it makes sense here around France to kind of differentiate the French territories from the Spanish territories. Yeah, and but the... but why then is it like there's this big black thing going through the middle of? Okay, you might be right. Maybe this is like dynastic um, Hungary, and this is dynastic. You know, Austria. Well, well, it could be that these. But are why the, don't they the do that to other bits? The, the dynastic territorial claim of Austria, but there's, um, you know, uh, outreached or areas that they also lay claim to, which aren't part of their. Yeah. It's the one thing I don't like. Oh, exactly. Sure. Okay. Um, but what's the other thing with these little red line things? Well, those are um, movement lines, so you could move from Finland to Norway, say, or Norway to Sweden. So when you say Norway to Sweden, that means that an army in Finland oh, can... Finland oh, Sweden, of course, yeah. because there's notionally a border far further north, but just it's yeah, not physically shown on the map. It's not shown on the map, yeah. And presumably the same thing is with um, Kiev, where it must have some type of connection on off the, the board of the into yeah, so Black Sea. That, yep. So that's how that works there. Um, Hamburg's got two coasts. It's not a, uh, you know, not, there's no through fare there. We, we, yep establish that um, but just like I mean you can move from Sicily to Naples with an army that's what those arrows are all about so what was the result of the game well we drew it because yeah, um, it's a 
yeah, test game. Test, you know, so it's all about actually, tested. again, making sure it works technically, making yep. sure that there's a fair balance, that things aren't all yes. fucked up. Yes, yes. And, um, and you prove that. We prove that, yeah. Good. Yep, yep. I like the map. Yeah, the map's nice. So um, I'm trying to remember, when is the Austrian success? What's the year it's set on, does it say? Um... 1500s. Yeah, so it so starts late in, 1400s, early 1500s. Yeah, 1501, I think it started. So this is obviously another one of those ones which is really cool if you're a a, um, a history geek and, and interested in that particular period of history. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially if you're interested in that period. Yeah. Oh, nice. Should we do one that we both play in, or should we go? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. we still got we still got enough drinks here to keep going for a little bit longer. We do need another refill and a tick, but let's do the. Um, Napole- uh, no, which one? Yeah, the Napoleonic. Because um, this is the one that's still going. Yeah, extra drinks. That so. we're both involved in. Yes. And um, I should bring up the large map, actually. Yeah, that would help. So this map is... Uh, if we just kind of you know, lamented or just... T- not lamented. If we were just drooling a little bit around the um, uh, War of Austrian Succession map, you wait until you have a look at... Um, the Napoleonic map, and obviously, what we'll be doing—I can't, can't fit it all on the on the on the on the display screen, unfortunately. But so, it's, um, what we'll what we'll do is in the show notes, we'll obviously link to each one of these yeah, particular a, image of each map, um, map and link yep. off through to the variants within the lab. It's quite a beautifully orchestrated. It's aesthetically lovely to look at. It is. Yes. It is. It's a beautiful map. I love it, Matt. And I really like the way it's just, it sounds stupid. But I like the way that even just the um, the names of the territories are rendered, you know. So here's the small map of it all um, showing right now on the on the live feed, and we'll link that in on the um, on the podcast notes. But I like how like um, unlike normal bog standard everyday run of the mill diplomacy games, you know the actual names of the, the territories aren't just straight. Horizontal. They're like slightly curved based on the size of the um, and the shape of the territory. Well, it's, it's like the map making, the cartography, yes. ca- cartographical way of displaying a territorial's name is um, honoured. I think that that period of time is honoured by the way they've um, displayed the territory names in the map. Yep. And that that it is quite beautiful. Um, I didn't realise this when I signed up and decided to play test it I, had no, I didn't even think about it but there's no neutrals I missed that entirely as well until I started playing and went oh, wait a sec where's my closest neutral I'm going to take oh there's none what about someone else oh they've got none also okay that's fair and I found that both a hindrance but also very liberating well because it makes you start thinking about what your options are I didn't like it you don't like I, it? I don't like it, no. I, I liked I liked the idea of... It's made it harder. It's made it the game made a, a lot, lot harder. harder. Yeah, it has made a lot harder. Um, and I think unless you enter in... Like, it makes it... Um, it makes diplomacy vital in the game. I haven't even, Absolutely I haven't even picked up a supply yeah. centre yet. Well, I just got my first, my first one and it was Barcelona and I managed to sneak in there. Okay. Um... I'm playing Italy in this. Um, and I'm playing Turkey. Or the Ottomans. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, 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 I would like for there to be like a little bit of a scattering. Like Maybe if everyone started... like You got one supply centre to start with on your first year. If 
everyone had a guaranteed one, would maybe it, it makes the game slower. That's what I'm saying. I, I, the pace of the game seems to slow down when there's no neutrals to fight over. So you kind of um, is that also because it's a, is it a two or a three day phase? No, uh, it could be part of that. But know, that kind that of slows it down. <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I find it quite easy to yeah. kind of put in my orders at the moment because I'm, I've been pretty fucked. I, sorry, just to kind of give you context within this game. Obviously, I, I have no problems talking about this game in its present state because it is a test, it's a test game. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I kind of uh, was tempted to make very early moves on Austria and then Russia started attacking me from day one. So my whole... Because I haven't been able to pick up any supply centres and... Russia just seems to be, you know, banging on my door, even though Sweden had invaded his north. Um, but then Sweden, at the moment, is too busy fighting rearguard actions against the Danes. And this is the thing: I've actually found whilst there's no, uh, supp- sorry, no neutrals on this map, it's very bizarre that we've been playing now for how long? Um, I can't even remember when it started. Was yeah. it? Is it four or five turns oh, so- we're in now? This season now is um, Autumn 1803. Yep. And so it started in um, 1800. Okay, so we've only been playing for three years. But normally you'd find... Okay, so maybe not... Oh, I was going to say normally you'd find someone get eliminated by now. But Prussia has has. been eliminated. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Look, I don't know. It's probably personal preference, but I'd like to have some neutrals in it. but I totally see the value in not having neutrals in it um, because it, it, it does seem to uh, enforce that interaction that's going on. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was confident... Okay, so I'll just let you know some, some little intel goss here, which doesn't matter because it's a test game. But I've been setting things up because it became obvious to me that Austria was subtly supporting Russia because yep. he actually helped him out here around Warsaw. Well, and now it's pretty like bloody obvious because he's just... Um, well, yes, but just yep. before he did that, my plan in autumn was to actually stab Austria and go for Budapest. But um, I'm pretty fucked, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah. How unusual. by Bulgaria, hey? But fortunately, Bulgaria doesn't yeah. have a supply centre. No, it does. No, Belgrade. Belgrade. Sorry. Oh, yeah, goodbye, yeah, yeah, Belgrade. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're Belgrade. right. Unless, of course, maybe uh, I do... Um, unless you luck out by moving um, Moldova, Moldova to, to Budapest and Belgrade to Budapest. So, yeah. yeah. No, we'll see what happens. I don't know. But no, I like the map. I actually like the little... It's it's one of those things where you've got these... Li- I don't know whether some people like this or some people don't, but I, I like it. I like actually some of the little small like postage stamp-sized territories on this map. Where? Well, just like, you know, around Prussia, all this, you know, Saxony oh. and Bra and... I think Bra must be... Is it Brandenburg? Rather than some... Yeah, it's got a thing. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jutland, Jut. It's nice. I like the map. I'm, and again, this is another one of those games where I'm losing... But I like actually, actually, I still like the game. You don't mind losing. I don't mind losing because I like the variant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, a thumbs up from Andy. Um, yeah. Thumbs up. Oh, we didn't finish the last one. What was the last one? Austrian succession. So that was thumbs up. Thumbs up for me. Absolutely. I, I like yeah. it. So, yeah. but yes, yeah, so thumbs up for me on this one. Yep. Yeah. And this one's a tentative thumbs up for me. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in a, in a, um, a more competitive environment. Yeah. I'm actually surprised, seeing it's Napoleonic, and, and the other thing we should mention with this particular variant is the starting positions, uh, I thought from memory, yeah, for instance, wasn't equal. More so you want to go back to the very opening yep. screen. Yep. Yep. France started with, with more supply centres, didn't it? It was at five? Five, yep. England only starts with three. Yep. Uh, Spain's with three. three. Four. Italy, three. Austria. Turkey, three. No, Turkey's four. Jeez, why am I doing badly? No, Turkey's three. No, four. four. Athens, oh, yeah, Belgrade, four. Ankara, and Well, that's Austin because Humble. we kept on bouncing in the Ionian Sea for a bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just kind of couldn't agree to disagree. Prussia's got three. Russia's got two, three, four. four. Um, Sweden, three. Norway, Denmark, three. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's nice. Um, I'm, it's I'm nice. looking forward to seeing this one, Paul, because it doesn't seem to be any sort of territorial issues. Yep. Um, everything seems to be running smoothly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colours are fine. So. Colours are good. Look, I mean, this one's. The only thing I think it might be a little bit. Some some people might find it a little bit hard to differentiate between Norway and Prussia. One's like a, a brown; it's almost like a light grey, and the Prussia is like grey. But I think it's ex- I think it's fine. Oh, that's acceptable. There's there's enough contrast. There's enough contrast there. Good stuff. So we've got one more to go, but we are both well and truly out of drinks. You want one? Yeah. Another yeah, I'm a, I'm um, another a, bit of drought relief. Yeah, a bit of drought relief. Yeah, feeling a bit parched. Okay, we better pause this then. <laughs> Why isn't this pausing? Stupid fucking thing. And we're back, folks. We're back for a... uh, Drink number three. Another tipple. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. I double-checked the um, wine menu and actually see um, from McLaren Vale the cake. Oh, okay. Yeah, McLaren Vale. Yeah. So you were saying before when you were out whilst I was getting a drink, you were were relieving yourself. Yeah, I just went to have a slash. Yeah. Um, How'd that go for you? Yeah, quite relieving, you know. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the hallway that runs up to the Dunnies there, yeah. it's actually quite impressive because they've got... Sorry, um, people who are outside of Australia probably won't know what a Dunny is. Well, they can figure it out with, you know, referencing slashing. They know it. I haven't gone... But they might know what a slash is. Slash to slash, you know, whatever. Okay, you went you for know, a piss. I went for a piss. Yeah. And um, the, the hallway that runs to the Dunny has... Um, and they must have been collecting for a long while. Yep. Um... They have the beer bottle labels, or labels taken off the beer bottles and plastered up on the walls. Yep. And so it's actually quite an impressive collection of different varieties of beer bottle labels <laughs> up on the uh, up on the hallway to the toilet. So but once we finish recording uh, and provided no one's in the toilet, so it doesn't look too creepy, we might go in and take a photo of that and put that on the um, the blog. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. Are the show notes. Not, yeah, yeah. No, you'll see. It's, it's quite. Oh, it's before you it's go before into the before laboratory. Before you get to the dunny, yeah. So. All yeah. right. Anyway, cool. So we've covered off now three of the lab games. Well, you want to hold the other one yeah, off yeah, for we'll another time? We'll talk about that later on because it, it still needs a lot of tweaking to it. Okay. Um, but let's talk. Whilst we're talking lab, we did have a um, kind of an interview with Flame. Yes. Who is the uh, the creator of the the new lab? So for for new listeners who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, as, as old listeners would know, Kana and I tend to hang out in V-Diplomacy 
maybe a bit of web diplomacy. I'm kind of hanging out in play diplomacy and other places. V diplomacy is the only real spot that up until now had a lab environment, a development environment where people could come in, throw together ideas to create a new variant that could be actually played online. And and port it to the PHP environment. Correct. So things like Playdip at the moment, they've obviously got their forum-based games where you can kind of, you know, uh, GM a game there within that forum environment. But it's not like it's an automated thing where the system can kind of take orders, process orders, adjudicate orders, and come up with a result, which you can do within... PHP environments where a game has actually been coded coded to do that. To do it, yeah. So V Diplomacy did have a lab um, because of uh, Ollie or Oliver Orth, who's the admin over there, has been a bit of dropped off the radar for a bit because of so many other things. Real life, real life life stuff. You know, um, and who priorities? And look, I've got no problems with that. I mean, if anything, it's kind of. These things happen. I, I totally understand. He's got young kids and shit like that, and I don't know what else is going in his life. But anyway, so he hasn't. He, he kind of had a brief involvement when we got sixteen hundred up and running yes. within Vita. Yep. 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 And then it just kind of went quiet again. Yeah. So um, the lab's not being maintained. The lab's not being maintained. On the it's actually crashed. Server. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. But oh, you go to it and you try to go into a game. It's crashed. No one. No one kind of updates it and kicks it off again. So it's all. Yeah, so it's not maybe not, maybe not the lads crashed. The old games are crashed. But the long long story short, oh, is, yes. um, Flame, who's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming is an admin or the owner of the Russian version. I don't think he's the owner. He's he's actually I think well, as we'll talk about. Oh, okay. Anyway, right, we'll yeah. talk about his his role in his role, Diplomail, yeah. which but is the Russian um, diplomacy PHP site. Yeah, yeah. So web diplomacy being a um, uh, open source platform for yep. diplomacy um, people are welcome to take the code um, install it on a server call it whatever else it is they want to call it yep and um, provide a unique offering of uh, the PHP code um, so so that's why um, the original source of web diplomacy is um, they're very particular about that code being um, undiluted that's why they don't introduce many variants because it does fork. Which is to why, a lot of which other is why web diplomacy has been really quite slow on the uptake with variants traditionally. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whilst VDIP has um, been more like pushing it to its limits and yeah, and just playing occasionally crashing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a um, result, but uh, you know, so for instance, the known world, which was recently introduced to web diplomacy, yep. um, they very quickly took it off their server because there was problems in the um, retrieval of the um, order history okay. of the units. So okay. they found that there was a problem with their solid code in regards to how it recorded the transforming of units. So they went, no, we're not going to put that on an original source yep. um, because there's potential down the track for it to crash. Crash the whole system other servers oh, down okay. the road as well. Yep. Yep, yep. Anyway, so the Russians have um, set up from a fork of web diplomacy, which is awesome. I mean, there's quite a vibrant community there too. Yep. Can't understand a word of what's going on in the forum. It's all in Russian, but, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of talk going on anyway. Um, so we reached out to Flame, yes. saying, look, you know, we're, we're interested to find out a little bit more about the lab. We think our listeners would be interested to learn a little bit more about the lab. Yep. 
Um, now, because Flame, obviously English isn't his language of his first language. Yep. Um, and obviously he can kind of converse via text uh, reasonably well with a little bit of help, I guess, with, you know, calling on Google his... Google Translate and all that. Bit of, yep. bit of Google Translate. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Who knows? Either way, he said, look, hey, happy to be interviewed, happy to talk about it. Yep. Would you mind just doing as a text-based interview? And we said, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do is we've got the questions uh, that we post to Flame, as well as his answers. Yep. Uh, Kane is going to ask the questions, and I'm going to pretend to be Flame. You're going to do it in Russian, in a Russian accent? I may put on a slight little thing. I don't know if it'll be any good or not, but we'll try. I'll start it off, and then, you know, if I can't understand you, then we'll go back to... Um... Yes. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay, all right. Cool, so let's kick off. Alrighty, so first question. So, Flame, you've created a new lab for new variants to be tested. Tell us a little about why you did this. Okay, well, the, the first lab was set up by Oliver Orth. As far as I understand, he got some problems in his, in his, his life at the moment. So the, the V-Diplomacy lab is no longer available. So I decided to set up a new one to let our work go on. I think you should do it in just your, your, your normal voice there, Andy. <laughs> yes. I was actually thinking that doesn't sound very Russian. It sounds almost South African. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a bit of it's Australianisms like, coming out. Like, yeah. yeah, the first lab is set up by Oliver. It is. It sounds more South African. Okay. okay. So right. I, okay. So in which case, I'll I'll do flame, but I'll do it in a normal in a normal normal Andy voice. Yep, yep. Normal Andy voice. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, okay. you win. Right. Yep. So. What level of technical skills does someone need to create a working variant at the lab? You sound like you're reading this. Are other skills needed? <laughs> I think there are two types of creators. First, they're creators as they are. They draw the map, calculate the balance between powers and analyse the map. The second types are more adapters. So these people adapt the variant to work on uh, the web diplomacy platform. So, of course, you can combine these two types into one person. Yep. Um, I think there is no special demands, really, for map makers. You should only know the algorithm of the, the variant creation and the will to work on it. Sure. So, do you have a guide or a manual to help players wanting to develop a variant on the lab? Can you sound more responsive? You sound like you're reading your answers. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> you know. All right. I'm, I'm trying. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, look, look, such a guide is made by Oliver, or by Ollie, but yeah. um, as, I've, as I've been told, it's, it's no longer available. So um, we're now working now on a new guide for um, game creation. So I think it's personally it's actually a really good idea. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, a problem when we go back I, to our normal voices, we don't know, am I Flame or am I Ambi? I, I, I put together the one on the wiki for VDIP yeah. originally. You know, and where's that step now? By step. Well, the wiki crashed. Oh, the wiki it's, crashed. it's no longer there. Um, but there's an older version of the um, at the uh, the forum, the Web Diplomacy Developers Forum. Have you sent that through to Flame? No, he, he's aware of it. And he's he knows about it. To the forum. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm back so, to Flame. You're back yeah, to Kane. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's your role at Diplomail? You've still got more questions to ask. I think. Oh, and you don't want to sound like I'm reading them. All right. So, what's your role at Diplomail? Have you developed any variants yourself that aren't on any of the other diplomacy sites? If so, what other variants would you like to see happen? Well, to be honest, I was not the founder of Diplomail. This person was Alex uh, Lebedev. In 
2010 he decided to go his own way with the Italian community. Personally, actually, I think it's quite interesting that obviously a Russian guy who creates this goes off to the Italian community. So there's an Italian fork of the web diplomacy stuff, is it? Well, wasn't there an Italian web, or web Italian site that's since gone? Yeah, kind so of. So he kind yeah. of set up the Russian one. Yes. Went, eh, going over the Italian one, and then that's gone now. I'm pretty sure there was a Greek one for a while, too. A Greek one? Yeah, now. Anyway, 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 jump back to it. Yep. Okay, back to being flame. Um, so in 2010, he decided to go his way with the Italian community. 20 when? 2010. 2010, yep. So I was left to take care of Diplomail and to develop it as well. So yes, our community has created a, um, its own variant, which was the classic Cataclysm. It's a mod to the classic variant, because there's no Cs on the board. Only one unit type, which is an army. So this variant is available to play at VDIP and Diplomail as well. Uh, my dream is to make an adaption for the known for the Western known world 901 variant. We have already got the known world 901 variant at VDIP, so I think it would be very difficult to do the adaption for Western known world 901. I don't I can't understand what he talks about Western world 901. Okay, so um, David Cohen's original vision of the known world um, maps was there was a a western side of the known world and an eastern side of the known world. Right. So there's actually two different variants and they sort of squashed them together to create the full known world um, oh. map. So what he's, I think he's talking about there is um, porting the, That's the western just the bit. western bit of the known world 901 um, vision of David's. That's what I think he's talking about there. Okay, that makes yep, sense. Yep. That's cool. Um, and have you played Cate- Catechis- the Cataclysm one? No. It's really cool. So, so there's no seas? Well, the seas are there, right? And, but you can't go in them. And you can still convoy over them. Well, how can you do that if you've only got one unit? Right, so what happens is it's really cool. So let's say you're starting in Turkey and you've got an army, you, you traditionally start with um, uh, an army, let's say you've got an army in Constantinople. You're not stuck with keeping that as an army. You can move that army into the Black Sea. The second it moves to the Black Sea, it becomes a fleet. And then it could move to Romania and become so when you an army again. it becomes again. a fleet, it's just, it doesn't really become a fleet. It's no, it is. It becomes a fleet. But th- there's no barriers between army and fleet. So um, th- an army Does in Constantinople... Does it turn into a fleet on the board? On the board, yeah. So an army in Constantinople can move to um, the Aegean Sea and become a fleet. And then it can move to Greece and become an army. Okay. And move to Serbia, you see? Yeah, yeah. So that's... That's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's really cool. If I wasn't in 50 million bloody games at the moment, I'd probably give it a go. Give it a go, yeah. Mind you, we've said that on so many different variants. Where we go? I'd like to play that one again. (laughs) Still haven't done it yet. Jeez. Anyway, all right, next question. Okay, so back to pretending to be Um, flying again. In your opinion, what makes a great variant... Uh, of course, the variant has to reveal a big historical event. So I like this from Flame. Which one's the Russian ambassador? Flame's the Russian ambassador. Flame is the Russian ambassador uh, for our Paris conference. He's, he's, he's the Russian. Um, That's the British. The Russian. The Russian. Yep. So, hang on. so, in your so, opinion, what makes a great variant? So, in Flame's opinion, of course, the variant has to reveal a big historical event. It's got to be well balanced and have a good. Uh, it's got, and it's got original board or original map board, okay? Yep. So one of the best of, of it he sees is at the moment is the Napoleonic variant. Okay, yeah, I mean, yep. it, look, it's a beautiful map, yeah. 
Um, by the way, it's now developed in our new lab. Yes. Ding. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. In case you didn't listen to the last first hour and a bit. It's an excellent board map. It's got great historical period. It's a great historical period. Um, and the balance is, is good. It's well checked. Yep. Um, so I'm kind of paraphrasing some of his because of just making sure it kind of comes out in non-stilted English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why the author doesn't implement... Sorry, why? This one doesn't quite make sense. But I don't understand why the author doesn't implement neutral SCs or units on the board. But it's up to the author, Firehawk. I think he knows what he does. Yeah, so essentially the, 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 the issue I raised there, there's no neutrals. There's no neutral supply centres. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think in a competitive environment that makes a lot more sense. Um, it, it will make more sense. The more games played on it, it will become a more fluid. Well, I think as, as, as people get to play the game, they get an idea yeah. of what it's like about... Well, I'm really looking forward to Ollie bringing it across. Because I think, he, you know, if it's, if it's play-tested, it works, I think there's value there. Um, anyway, so, in the lab, what will be possible beyond new maps and with straight-out-of-the-box game engine? Um, for instance, you, Andy, would love to see a trialled pirates game where the lab we could uh, potentially change the retreats phase um, of clippers to one territory instead of two. So that'll solve some of the problems in that particular variant. So w- would it be possible essentially to um, play around with the actual game engine itself on the lab? So Flame says, look, he thinks that uh, if somebody wants to try this, uh, he can share the admin rights to the lab to start working on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. So a similar way to how Ollie structured it, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I kind of went back to him a little bit on this to a certain extent. Um, because, you know... Well, okay, for, okay, for the retreat phrase, for example, the way it's all set up. Yep. Normally, um, the way that the pirates is set up, for those of you who've never played pirates... There's yeah. two different types of units. Yeah. There are clippers and frigates. Frigates, yeah. Yep. So frigates have like double, double or the 1.5 attack strength. strength. Yep. And clippers, but move only one normal unit. Clippers have like a is it standard attack strength. Yep. But can move two. Yep. The difficulty within that variant that's kind of come up again and again and again when people have played it is that you can dislodge a clipper. Yep. And in doing so, it then retreats not just your normal standard one territory around, like you get in a normal game, yeah. but can retreat just as far as it kind of sails in. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. And in doing so, it just makes it so difficult to prevent somebody from going behind your lines and creating all sorts of issues. So it's almost like a, a pariah victory. You end up pushing the clipper on but it can just kind of go into you cause more damage than yeah. it's worth yeah. so and, and people have argued which I think is like you know if you put an historical bent on it you know this this particular clipper is you know it's ass kicked by something that's yep. been outgunned it's obviously in poor condition it couldn't possibly move that speed when it's you know had the sails that's, blown that's out fair. and shit like that yeah 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 that's and I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense and that would improve a lot of the gameplay so mm. my point here is how do you fix that the difficulty is the rules behind how the clipper behaves and its movement behaviour is obviously it's coded in there within the PHP. Yeah, it'd probably be the adjudicator phase looking for a file. Um, you, you'd have to you'd have to edit the adjudicator game phase file 
to make it look for a certain file during retreats and if when function in a particular file it's a clipper which that, is getting beyond yeah. my pH, my limited PHP scores yeah, so I mean, I think someone who'd know how to really play with that so I'm, I'm keen to find out you know later on so it sounds like he's open for it to play, for you to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just need to muck around with the PHP coding well I think what I could probably do is, is say look hey how can we get it up there Yep. And then if he can kind of do that magic stuff with the retreat phase, yeah. What I probably should do beforehand is I'll, well, I'll tell you what I'll do before this goes live or when it goes live, this particular podcast. Yep. I'll create a forum thread and say, "Hey, thinking of doing this, is there anything else? Because if we're going to if we're going to fix that particular variant, it we should be a few other things that." Well, I, I don't want there to be, but if there is... There is issues. If that, there's broad-based yeah, yeah. concern about anything else, that's been the big issue that's really kind of stood out to me. Yeah, OK. But if you're going back in there to fix it, you want to fix a couple of things at the same time. Is that... Yes? Well, you, well, you, you, you don't want to re-release it and then re-release it. I mean, you want to just get it fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not playing agile stuff here. Um, the, issue, the only other concern is it has been raised before in games is that some people bitch about um, and the nature of the Pyrus um, variant is for those of you who haven't kind of looked at it and played it you've got how many players there's 12 players I think yeah and you've got Vassal players oh, 13 players you? 13 players yeah. I think there's like 5 pirates there's 4 um, nations yes. so like the the English the Spanish the Dutch and the French yeah, so and then technically you also, there's privateers, aren't they? Is and then you've got four privateers, yep. which are aligned with each of those four nations. Yep. And the way that things have been developed, historically, for those of you who, who weren't aware or didn't know, privateers basically acted on the letters patent from those governments saying, we give you, you you're not a, a vessel of the, say, let's use England as example, you're not a vessel of the Royal Navy. But we give you authority to actually attack shipping from anyone else. And you take what you want, and you get a good cut of the profits, but you give us a bit of profits back in return. Yep. Privateering. Privateering, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wonderful... I mean, can you imagine this, that, you imagine this pirate, in, the moment, in you know, real pirates, life? Yeah. But it's like government-sanctioned pirates. Well, yeah, that's what most pirates were in the Caribbean back then, weren't they? No, well, some were. Actually, some were and some weren't. Okay. So yeah. some were legitimate, you know, I'm in it for myself, or actually, for my crew and everything like that. How's that gone down with diplomacy players, I'm very... Well, that's been one of the, the issues where some players felt that they didn't like being tied, like a privateer didn't like being tied to his parent or host nation. So he wanted the ability to... To attack his host. host. <laughs> turn, <laughs> He's like, turn well, rogue. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do that. That's the whole point of being a privateer. You... Are there pirate players? Can you be a pirate? I guess the only issue would be then, could you swap? And I think, I think perfect class, I think the coding would be way too difficult to allow a privateer to stop being a privateer and become a pirate and attack his host. And if you're going to allow that, would you then allow a pirate to be able to become a privateer and align? Because when you do this, oh, physically, yeah. a privateer and his host supporting country can't attack each other. I remember this code of this variant did all these heading. I, yeah. I do remember this. Corally. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's called all the problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quit doing variants after that. Because on top of that, then we threw in a random hurricane that kind of oh, randomly yeah. turns up and yeah. just demolishes an Thanks. area. Yeah, good. 
Anyway, we'll talk about pirates maybe on a greater depth. On I reckon we do pirates the... another day after we get it fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So back to so the bring uh, up the the oh, yes. um, Here we are with the non-standard functionality you mentioned, sharing admin rights for the lab. I'm guessing this as this is for PHP coding. If a variant creator doesn't know PHP, are you or someone else in the community you know able to help? Duh. I didn't say duh, actually, I said yes, but anyway. Yeah, duh. Duh. <laughs> um, I think it's possible, but it takes some time. So in other words, we may have a chance for me to be able to load up pirates. So it's possible. And get him and get flame, hopefully, if he finds time to do some of that magic that I'm incapable of doing. Awesome. Have you had any discussions with Ollie on how to move across successfully tested variants in the lab to beat it? If not, what are your plans to do so? Great question. Actually, I've never asked Ollie for this, which I think is a problem. So that's well, me. Well, 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 no, he, he has reached out to Ollie to get... Um, hey, we've got 10 people Mongolian. watching now. Hello. Um, to, get, to get the Mongolian variant reported across. Um, Oh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. We've actually cracked 10 people on Periscope at once. Um, oh, down to nine. Down to nine. <laughs> well, look, look, I mean, bear in mind, this is early days yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm sure that once it's fully developed on the, on the, on the lab, there's no issues there. Then, so you know, it, it doesn't take okay, a lot. So, so you, mentioned, you mentioned earlier that, you know, obviously Flame has been able to get a hold of the maps, maps or the code? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the source files for the Mongolian variant. So you know this, or you're assuming this that well, he's this been in contact with? No, 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 with, this with is what Flame has said on the forum. There, okay. Um, in regards so to it, yeah. in which case, if if Flame's been able to have those conversations with Ollie to get that stuff, yeah. you would hope that he can have the next phase, which is like, okay, once we've play tested some of this stuff, yeah. Presumably, presumably and the developers yeah. happy with it. The the players playing with it go, yep, it's balanced, everything's cool, or whatever. Well, I hope. I'm, you know, I, it'll go honestly, up on Diplomail, but you know, I'm kind of hoping that you know Flame can have that conversation with Ollie and, and make it available within VDIP well, or look, WebDIP if WebDIP wants to, but probably not because they don't want to. No, they've got web, WebDIP won't take it up, but I, I, it wouldn't take a lot to. Um, port into VDIP a fully functional variant. It, it, it wouldn't take a hell of a lot of time to do that. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that taking that long at all. If, if the files are all there, it proves to work. Then all of the hard work of variant any, testing is removed. Is there any risk that um, the way code or whatever has been developed for a game over in Diplomail in the lab? It's moved across to VDIP that could create any issues with existing VDIP games. I, I suppose there's always a risk, but... I, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. You, you don't remember your IT degree now and what you've learned? No. <laughs> don't remember a thing. All right. So, next question. Um, looking at Diplomail, there's a fair amount of players... Oh, do I answer the question? Yeah. Well, didn't you? Uh, Ollie moving this variance across the lab? Did you answer that in full? Yeah, I didn't kind of finish with it. So, actually, I've never asked Ollie for this, but of course, new developed variants are to be the property of the international diplomacy players community. That sounds very diplomatic speaking. Yeah, that's awesome. It's all part of the international diplomatic players community. 
So anyway, we will share the variants with other communities, but I don't have the rights to install them to VDIP or WebDIP, so it's a job for the owners of those very sites. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't actually answer that question. We went off on a tangent. Um, all right, looking at Diplomail, there's a fair amount of players there. How would you describe the diplomacy culture amongst Russian players from your games on other sites? Is there any difference? Okay, well, you have to understand that when the, the big diplomacy associations were founded, they were primarily in North America and Europe. So the USSR was totally busy with playing chess. So we okay, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. got only one small issue of the deployment. Sorry, the board game. Sorry, this doesn't quite make sense. So um, he goes on to say, and look, I'll, I'll read this, but this doesn't quite make sense in English. We've got one small issue of the, the board game diplomacy in USSR, secret diplomacy, but it has not got a big popularity. Do you know secret diplomacy? Yeah. Never heard of it. No. Maybe he's talking about anonymous. <laughs> anonymous diplomacy. So you don't know who the player is. Yeah, but why would that be an issue? I'm not sure. Keep going. Uh, but it's not got big popularity. So to speak about the difference about the diplomacy culture in post-USSR and the other bit of post-USSR world, I must say that we have not got strong diplomatic diplo traditions. And of course our players are less experienced and skilled, but we are on the rise. Uh, and we yeah. definitely have got strong players in our community. Sure. Okay, well, that, that's a fair response, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, considering the game came out in 1950-something and Cold War, you know, I wouldn't imagine that there'd be a lot of a whole heap of board games being shipped across to Russia at the time. Do you? I mean, so really they must have just been so. exposed to it post-Cold War. So. Yeah, I would have thought so as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as, as he says, you know, the whole thing was more into chess and things like that from a strategic point yep. of view. Yep. 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 And yep. that's why he had so many great chess players during that period from the Soviet Union. Yeah. Because they couldn't play, go off and play diplomacy. That's right. So diplomacy didn't distract them. They all so all those diplomacy players in America yep. at the time, if they kind of just focused on chess, they could have smashed the, smashed the, the Soviets. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So. Next. Um, next. The big thing that has stifled variant development at VDIP is the simple point-sensitive nature of the site being on Ollie. How do you plan to make sure that it doesn't happen at Diplomail, or more broadly, with your plans for the lab? Okay, so Flame says, look, I, in fact, I don't even know what will happen if I left Diplo. Many persons want to play the game, but not so many want to support the resource. So maybe in the future Diplomail will face such a similar problem as V-Diplomacy. No Ollie, no VDIP. That's a real problem. Yeah. And this is the thing. That's, yeah. we've, we've had this conversation before where we've gone down this rabbit hole. Yeah, we did. On the last episode, actually, wasn't it? We, no, it was about four or five ago. No, was that the... Um, it was the, in the, the, the Brooklyn the, Standard the, thing. The, yeah, that was... Wasn't yeah, the last episode? No, no, no. We had, like, we were in... Um, we did two episodes in the Victory. Uh, and yeah, well, we, we did dive down that? that rabbit hole. Of, uh, anyway... Um, we assume that you're actually in Russia. Can you let us know where you come from and how you got into diplomacy? What do you most enjoy about the game? And what do you least enjoy about the game? So, no, 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 I'm not from Russia at all. For real? Yeah, oh, that's right. Okay. right. Uh, I lost my thing. In fact, I'm opposite to Russia Putin. I've been to Russia once years ago, and I'm not going to visit it anymore. Huh. 
Must I'm have from, been a, a great travel experience, I suppose. I'm from Ukraine. The, U- oh, the Ukraine. Okay. The western part. Yes. To, uh, to make it easy to understand, I'm from that, from that territory which we call Galicia on the uh, Classic Diplomacy Board. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I live 70 kilometres to the north from Liev, which is L-V-I-V, yep. um, the western capital of, of Ukraine. I like history from my um, younger years. Uh, previously, up to 2007, I was involved. I was, I was heavily involved in Sidmo Civilization Three, okay, but yeah, the yeah, game yeah. time was very long with the artificial intelligence, and with the real person in the hot seat, uh, it made it obviously a real nightmare. So I was looking for something like chess, but more with more variety, with more of a historical um, uh, background, yep. and um, a small set of unit types. And one day in a bookstore, I saw the CD with diplomacy on front. And that was the beginning of those days. Oh well, wow. so he must have come across, come to diplomacy on the Avalon Hill CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, that's awesome, Flame. You know, let's put everything into perspective. In a way, that's cool. Very cool. Yep. All next right. question. Uh, next one. Um, being Ukrainian, okay. Do any players in Diplomail have a non-game? Okay, so are they non-grud? Are there grudges held against you, um, or vice versa? You know, for instance, the Crimea area, General Putin player plays that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't think so. Yes, we have a forum on the site where we discuss world geopolitics, but all these battles are in a tolerant mode. We're diplomats, right? Yeah. Happy smiley face. <laughs> but frankly speaking, I don't understand Putin followers. So in other words, it doesn't matter if you're on WebDip particularly VDIP, lesser extent, when yep. kind of, you know, a few players yep. kind of yep. park up. Yep. Or Diplomail, and yeah. or Russian. <laughs> You're going to get All politics. these <laughs> fucking political conversations happen <laughs> over and over and over and over again. <laughs> All right. So, related to this, what proportion of the Diplomail community are Russian? And what, uh, what proportion are ex-USSR countries represented by the players there? Um, let's find the answer to this. Oh, sorry, I didn't do my, my formatting correct. Representatives from Russia are the majority in our community, of course. But we've got players from Belarus, or Belarus, 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 Ukraine, and Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan. <laughs> you fucking my sister. <laughs> what was it, my god? <laughs> Oh, I've got to tell you a joke. I've got to tell you a joke. Okay. So... No, I won't tell you a joke. No, 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 no. Um, Also, uh, people who who left the post-USSR terrains are also involved. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's like like the Baltic states, or or maybe it's more like Warsaw Pact countries. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. So, what technical skills... No, I'm going to do it anyway. So, there's this oh, guy. Yeah, okay, joke. Okay, there's a joke. It's, it, it could be... It, what part, I'll change the nationality, okay? Okay. But we'll do Kazakh. Kazakhstan. 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 So, Borat. <laughs> I don't know any other names. For other names, yeah. Okay, let's, let's change it. Let's, let's, no, no, let's go back to you. Let's go the usual proper joke, okay? So, okay, yeah. So, um... It... No, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, God. Leave him hanging. Oh, oh, okay, God. okay. So, this um, 
Good at it too. So um, not interested in the Russian Nick, joke. Nick Nick kind of walks into the bar. Oh, yeah. And uh, Costas says to him, "Oh, Nick, you're looking so sad. Why are you so sad?" Okay. And Nick goes, "You know, Costas, you look out there in that at the bar. You look at all those boats. I bought ninety, built ninety percent of those boats." But does anyone ever call me Nick the Boat Builder? No. Okay. And you look up at that hill over there. I planted 90% of them vines. Do they call me Nick the Grape Grower? No. <laughs> and you see all those houses down there? I built 90% of all those houses. They call me Nick the Builder? No. You fucker one sheeps. <laughs> you can really apply that to any ethnic stereotype you, could, you, you could, want. You could, you could, very easily. The <laughs> <laughs> same would go with Texans or... Um, Oh, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, that go down like a loop below. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or um, Tasmanians. Yes, yeah, Tasmanians. Oh, they fuck yeah. us. Yeah. Anyway, let's go anyway. back to, uh, back to it. Um, what technical skills do you have that you've used to create the lab? So Flame has, he knows PHP, SQL, and the diplomacy game rules. It's enough to start the lab. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. In classic, what country do you hate getting? Why? What country do you love getting? Why? I think I hate Russia. That's <laughs> <laughs> playing Russia. Okay. Maybe this is because of the of the Crimea occupation. No, it's because you get four units and dozens of openings, so you must do your best to cope with all this and to find the one right solution to your strategy. He doesn't actually say who he likes. Oh, who he likes? Anyway. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, what's your top three favourite variants? Why? I've already told you. I've already, sorry. I've already mentioned that I like the variants with historical um, background. So to speak about those that have already created and played, I prefer the First Crusade, yep. Enlightenment and Succession, mm-hmm. and the Ancient Mediterranean. Oh, okay, cool. What do you think would be the single? What do you think would be the single biggest way to get more people interested in playing diplomacy online? Uh, we should not force the, uh, the popularity of diplomacy. Let it go its own natural way. Okay. Diplomacy is a uh, is a game for intellectual persons. I think we all agree. I, with that. We all agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah, not. Sure, we're not. Sure. Yeah, right, right. We're not just to increase the quant. Sorry, we're not interested in increasing the quantity of the players. We want to increase the quality of gameplay. Yes. 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 Very true. Yes. Very true. Although it'd be good to get both. Um, although. How many times you can get a whole heap of newbie schmucks who have no idea? But you know, you got to start somewhere, don't you? Oh, but you know, every every handful of noobs you get, there's always one or two that sort of stick with it, and become really quite valuable contributors to a to the community. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, uh, Flame goes on to say, we're not just to sorry, we're about increasing blah blah blah. You have to call so I think I was going to say, will you be happy with winning the game where you're... Okay, this is a good point. Will you be happy winning a game where you're the only masters and everyone else is rookies? No, of course not. I build 90%... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Well, then that's fair. I mean, if you, you won't get pleasure. Any... You won't get pleasure yeah. from the victory, he says. So, I see yeah. the situation, and I see that situation in post-Soviet countries. Who's looking for diplomacy? Whoever's looking for diplomacy, they'll find it anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and that's a good point. You know, I mean, if you're only playing against rookies, do you get, you know, do you get a sense of success if you beat them? Well, you know, I. I I actually agree with them, yeah. You want to build them up so you get a better game, man. Alright, so, did you listen to the last podcast where we talked about Depot Mail? Hey, on a score out of 1 and 10, how did you rate Andy's Russian pronunciation? Um, Flame responds, oh, man. Just to be honest, I don't think it was something anything similar to Russian, sorry. But anyway, you were awesome. <laughs> Smiley face. So, pretty poor pronunciation, though. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> All right. So there you go. So, how long's that been, Andy? Been... Uh, it's been a long time. We've been about over almost an hour and 50 minutes. That's probably the longest we've well, had. That's the longest one, yeah. <laughs> and a few beers. So, shall we wrap it up? I think we should. You finish your drink. I, I finish my it, drink. Yep. So, um, it's been good. Yes. It's been great. Always... It's been different. Yes. We haven't had an interview before by text. No. And... Um, you know, lots of exciting things happening over in the uh, on the lab. There's a few, you know, interesting variants coming up. Yep. Particularly Austrian succession and Napoleonic. I think you know we might see those sooner rather than later. Yeah. Fairly polish. You and I um, have a interview on the weekend with two people who are diplomacy yeah, related right. that we probably will kind of will we'll probably show in the next episode. Yep, you're getting me up early so we can have this conversation. But yes, yep. Paul, Paul, Paul Kane has to get up at seven a.m. on a Sunday. The sacrifices you can tell we you don't make, have kids. Hey? <laughs> the sacrifices we make. Anyway, I'm Kana. I'm Amy, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Plumster Games. See you yeah. next time. Next time. Bye bye.